Bubbles. Here we sit enjoying the shade. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Drink the drink that I have made. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Tell you why the day is Good sunny. evening. Happy Sunday and welcome to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design. I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and I'm going to help you kill your Sunday early evening with some booze and conversation. This week, back by popular demand, is legendary Twin Cities-based artist John Gerber. John received his fine art degree from the University of Minnesota in the late 20th century, and his art is in collections across the country. Legendary artist John Gerber, welcome to Drink in the Style. <laughs> I'm going to laugh for an hour about legendary. That's great. <laughs> it works. I'm, I'm writing legends about you as we speak. Right? Small L. Four. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is going to be fun. John is a good friend of mine, and uh, and I, I love having him on the show. We're going to freeform this uh, this program a little bit today. We've got uh, a few things we're going to talk about, but it's going to be a slightly unusual program, so we'll see how this one works out. One of the unusual things is uh, that this week we do not have a mixologist, but that is not totally unplanned. Um, after his last appearance on the show, John hit me with a really great idea. Uh, instead of a full-fledged cocktail, why don't we spend some time thinking about a drink that would work well on the go? That is to say, a flask-centric cocktail. So we did. It was genius. It's you're right. It's it's absolute genius. I uh, usually with with flasks, all I do is pour in hard liquor, and away I go. Uh, but you know, lots of people don't like uh, straight hard liquor. It can be a little difficult sometimes when you're when you're drinking. So why not give a little bit of thought to a flask cocktail? Absolutely. And you took up the uh, you took up the challenge, John. You spent some time researching, and you have come up with a cocktail that you think is going to work really, really well. Um, why don't you take us through? We're going to experience this together for the first time. This was uh, this really there wasn't much research. It was just kind of a hybrid of a drink I like, and I thought. People have lots of pockets, so you don't only have to have one flask. <laughs> That's a good point. Why limit yourself? You know, I mean, or your friend has the other pocket, whatever. You got to sneak into some event or whatever. So, Or I hand it to my wife and ask her to put it in her purse. You know? Absolutely. If it's a small purse, get rid of your wallet and other unimportant things, carry my flask. And these flasks will make it through security. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because uh, John put together on Facebook, I'll hold them up. He did some artistic... Uh, flasks that are plastic uh, so that uh, they don't set off the alarms. And it is, they are, they're really, really cool. It's a great, great hey, idea. All right. You. So what are we going to put into these flasks? I'm going to call this a, a thousand gingers. You know, you've heard of two gingers, uh, uh, Irish whiskey. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Owned by uh, Kieran, uh, I've forgotten Kieran's yeah. last name, formerly of Kieran's Restaurant. Absolutely. And he, uh, yeah, he had put, he, the story is he he poured more Jameson than any other bar in the country. Okay, someone might call and tell you I'm wrong, but I, this is the story. Really? And he decided to open his own distillery. It's his deal. So he he did that, and it's fantastic Irish whiskey. Which is brilliant and fantastic. Of course, you know, he also, though, because he became a distiller, you cannot be a distiller and a restaurateur simultaneously. Yeah. It's illegal for whatever reason. So he had to sell off his restaurants and uh, and went all in on two gingers. Can you be a Ben Stiller? <laughs> um, <clears throat> Fair enough. Um, but the the reason I call it like a thousand gingers is that uh, we've got two gingers in the booze. Mm -hmm. We got ginger beer, mm -hmm. and I brought fresh ginger. Okay, so that's a lot of ginger. That is a lot of ginger. I should I should have a bite of ginger. Uh, strangely enough, Crystal Ray at Habitation. Uh -huh. We had our Christmas party last uh, last night, and we were all hurting very very badly this morning. In fact, I am hurting very badly as we speak. All right. But she was saying that eating ginger, straight ginger. She's a huge fan of ginger, of turmeric, of all these different uh, uh, vegetables or fruits or whatever. There uh, is really good for hangover. So, well, I feel better. Not really. <laughs> All right, sorry. Go Give ahead. it a minute. We still have a drink. All right. Oh my God! How do you eat straight ginger? This is really spicy. Yeah. 
People kind of consider it a more of a uh, of a uh, sweeter thing, but that it's hot. Yeah, that is really hot. I've never eaten the thing of ginger, and now. Uh, crazy. Yeah. All right. Hi. All right. We got our mixing music. Thank you, Brett. Yes. Ahead of the game. So you are starting with ice, and then flask number one. We've got two gingers. Two gingers. So we, this is two of them. And since they're flasks, we don't have a shot glass, which is fine. We're spitballing it. Seems about right. He's adding about an ounce of two gingers. Now I'm moving over. I brought some key limes. Um, sometimes Irish whiskey is served with the lime. I kind of like key limes. That's a great idea. Key so, lime is, is is an underutilized lime. They're great for cocktails, too, because usually with a lime, I rarely make enough to go through an entire lime, and you wind up cutting it, and then it dries out. So the little tiny key limes, kind of brilliant. This is why you're a legend. Working on it. <laughs> All right. He is squeezing two key limes, key limes. into the uh, into the booze. And I'm dumping a pretty good Wrigley's gum stick size piece of uh, ginger into each. A great visual. That's exactly it. Spice has now faded from my uh, sort of like uh, sort of like stirring with celery. Stir with the ginger. Perfect. And I've got I've got Gosling's uh, ginger beer. I've okay. got diet, non-diet. Okay. What do you prefer? Uh, diet. Diet. I am not a fan of sweets. I have diet in the flask number two. Fantastic. So awesome. this really could be done with the flask. And, uh, you could put the ginger in your wallet. Perfect. <laughs> it's flat. Right. Slice it thin. All right. We are adding the uh, the ginger beer. Uh, stir with a pen. Your finger. Anything. Anything. Mix it around. You don't want to shake it, obviously, because it is carbonated. There you go. And voila, we have I'm created... I'm my finger. I'm doing the same thing. All right. We have created a fabulous Thousand Gingers cocktail. Cheers. Salud. Oh, we forgot Brett in the sound booth. We're going to have to mix oh, one up during the break. during the break. I got yeah. you covered, man. Sounds good. All right. We're going to try a little bit. Hold on. Oh, that's great. Oh, that is really tasty. That is going to do wonders for my hangover. Seriously. Yeah, you've got your ginger thing. It's, I mean, maybe a little bit more summery than winter, but... You know, there's got to be out there. There has to be, like, a dual flask of some kind, right? In fact, I'm pretty sure I've seen them. I think you could just, like, dump out, a, like, a, a Mr. Plumber bottle and use it too soon. <laughs> Drinking advice from the late John Gerber. <laughs> All right, no, this is really, really tasty. I can taste the ginger, although maybe it's just residual from eating a piece of ginger. Um, but uh, it's got great aroma. It's beautiful. You brought some nice glasses, and this is a traveling cocktail that we can mix at any point. Absolutely. I'm digging it. All right. Um, we are going to uh, take a quick break uh, for a moment, but uh, uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit more about this flask cocktail. We're going to talk about some art. The new year and all that other good stuff. So you are listening to Drink in the Style right here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. At times you have a very unladylike way of running out. You're on this date with me. The pickings have. Hi, Gregory Rich, owner of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style Sundays at 5 p.m. right here on AM 950. Habitation is Minneapolis's coolest furniture design studio. Our in-house design staff specializes in creating spaces that reflect your style, your values, and your taste. From edgy modern to transitional, Habitation is here to help you craft your home. Know what's also exciting? Habitation offers AM 950 listeners complimentary interior design services, which include an appraisal of any furniture pieces you may want to trade in for store credit. That's right. Habitation will take your gently used furniture and issue you store credit on fresh, fantastic furniture. Check out Habitation today, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park, one mile east of Highway 100, or visit us online at habitationdesign.com. Do yourself a favor and check out the amazing cuisine of eatlocalminnesota.com. 
More than just a website, eatlocalminnesota.com provides you with the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities. The award-winning Hazel's Northeast combines the feel of a small-town diner with the vibrant nature of its Northeast Minneapolis neighborhood. Whether it's breakfast, lunch, weekend brunch, or dinner, their classically inspired and creatively prepared American comfort food is always made from scratch. Hazel's Northeast at 29th and Johnson in Northeast Minneapolis. EatLocalMinnesota.com The dedicated staff at Nightingale Restaurant take pride in presenting a thoughtful and delicious approach to food and drink, whether you're visiting for dinner, happy hour, or brunch. Their focus on made-from-scratch meals using sustainable and local ingredients is likely to make Nightingale your go-to spot for inspired food and drinks. Nightingale, Lindell and 26th in Minneapolis. Being a dog is awesome, except when you really gotta go, but you're stuck inside. That's why I had my human called the Urban Dog. Daily walks, field trips, play groups, one-on-one time, safe off-leash play, and pet sitting. I love being an Urban Dog. The Urban Dog works with your schedule and can create a plan that fits your needs. The Urban Dog. Exercise, explore, socialize. Let the journey begin. Call 651-231-6333. That's 651-231-6333. Woo, woo, woo. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. Let you hide all the sadness you feel You won't really fall in love Cause you can't take the chance Welcome back to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design, as I try to talk over Frank Sinatra. I've committed many sins in my life, but talking over Frank Sinatra goes pretty pretty high on the list. But what can you do? It's radio, right? Agreed. All right. Uh, I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and uh, this evening we are enjoying drinks on the sly flask cocktails, specifically a thousand gingers, the creation of artist and entrepreneur John Gerber. This is great. I'm feeling much better than I was just 10 short minutes ago. So well done, doctor. That's a good side effect. Yeah, right? Yeah. All right. So, John, I mentioned you're an artist. You are an entrepreneur. You've been in the business world throughout. Tell us a little bit about some of the things you do. Uh, man, uh, carpentry. Started off as a carpenter. You started uh, as a carpenter? I didn't yeah. Know that. Okay. Yeah. Well, after college and through college, I, I worked with the crew. And then uh, me and a buddy, we started our own company, built a couple houses. Wow. See, much like Jesus. Again, you can't get any higher in my esteem. There was one last step. <laughs> 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 All right. You did carpentry. You did. Uh, what else have you done in your life? Uh, lots of uh, lots of uh, screen printing, uh, textiles, um, secret that won't be a secret though that's on the radio. I was a... Uh, designer at Zubas back in the day. Are you serious? I did some of the patterns that you saw on Dan Marino and Joe Montana. Did you really? Absolutely. You're the man. I am one of them, and all those guys came through our through the place. All this, all those. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dan Marino, Scotty Pippen, all those guys would come through and. Uh, and as an artist and not much of a sports fan, I asked my I asked my other uh, the other designer guy. I go, who was that? And it's like. <laughs> really, San Marino. Yeah. So that was, but that was that was uh, one of my early design jobs. Yeah, and that was uh, oh, that was that's, funny. That's yeah. hysterical. How but many Zuba skin. patterns did you create? I probably created alone probably fifteen. Wow. And you mentioned snakeskin. Yeah. You did. There was snakeskin, and then there were different colored zebra skins. It, 
Now the the words out now. There oh goes. my God, that is <laughs> all. John Gerber fine art is now <laughs> half price. Half price. <laughs> Zuba sort of made a comeback over the past few years. Yeah. If you get back into that, yeah. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's right. You can go right back. The Zuba industry is right. ready with open arms. So Dan and Bob, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> Hi. <laughs> All right. So after the great Zuba incident that will never be spoken of again. Yes. Actually, no, it's going to be spoken of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should have planned for that one. I should have skipped, skipped that. Yeah, you just gap that. on your resume, John. Uh, <laughs> the Zuba years. The Zuba <laughs> We don't discuss it. The screen printing is interesting. Now, yeah, Greg, you, yeah, yeah. you know Greg Hennis, of course. Of course. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Without a doubt. Now, he just bought a screen printing company, did he not? Kind of. He he has North American Art, which does a lot of uh, a lot of interesting um, prints and that kind of thing that, that probably at one time was a screen printing process, but of course now it's more digital. But mm. he's got – does a lot of – he does a lot of neat stuff. He, he actually is uh, – doing some of my I, I have a yoga series kind of a graphic yoga series and he has uh he sells those really yeah a graphic what does that mean a graphic yoga series what of art or of clothing? i have a like yoga poses in uh like sumi brush like uh like almost um almost like asian calligraphy mm-hmm. really simplified uh poses yoga poses and he sells them uh they're you know Groups for a wall or desktop or, you know, yoga studio, that kind of thing. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah, really pretty. a great idea because Greg does a lot of commercial work. He's got a studio that is down by IMS. It's open to the public, by the way, folks, if anybody is interested. Um, you know, he's got some great stuff available. He's got a clearance room that has some great original art it's, that is well-priced. It's great. Yeah, and he's got double take in there if you want a dolly or, uh, uh, you know, Bob Varner. Has mm-hmm. his place in there, and there's some amazing, uh, mm-hmm. amazing prints and um, high end stuff. So, yeah, recommended like, by Drink in the Style. It's good art tone. Yeah, that. it really is. It really it's got is. Got to look a little. Now, you also did some corporate marketing stuff, correct? Uh, graphics uh, <clears throat> along those. I lines. worked at Campbell Mathune. I was oh, a right. mm-hmm. art director there, so mm-hmm. I did all the did the corporate thing at 22nd floor, looking out over the city, and mm-hmm. uh, that was fun. Except you end up stuffing. Twice the time into the number of years you're there. How those, true it uh, is. Those Fridays at four when they'd say you're working all weekend. Yep, yep, absolutely true. Kills you. And then after that, I went freelance. And have not looked back since. I do look back. <laughs> I call them the salad days. And I was like, now I have to now I have to pay the uh, the corporate Amex pay Amex uh, card instead of uh, the company. But yep, absolutely, <laughs> the bills wind up on your desk. They Congratulations. do. Congratulations, you're living the dream. Yep. Yeah. Does your dream wake you up at three a.m. screaming? Because I'm living the dream, and that's what happens to me. <laughs> it just never lets me go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. Well, yeah. No, you've got a great background. So. Draw on that. Let me ask you this question. What do you think is the ideal venue for showcasing your art? Mine personally? Mm-hmm. You know, it would be really hard to beat the Meridian. Mm-hmm. When we were there, uh, Greg was at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Chambers Meridian Hotel. They've got a beautiful gallery. Gorgeous. And really, it's it it's a museum scale uh, beautiful space i mean you could you could pick that up and attach it to the institute of arts and it would be right at home i agree it's just perfect i mean it's tall white walls you know concrete floor big open space in the middle just that elegant i call it an elegant waste of space it's really great for great for galleries and uh, that's that was ideal for me i i i was saying that i'd be I'd be really happy to have a space that nice again to show in. It was perfect. Well, that's, uh, yeah, no, I, I think, and, uh, you know, Matthew Reed, who's a friend of the show and has been on as well. Actually, Matthew Galavis Reed uh, Great is, name. of course, in charge of of keeping that coordinated and working with the art girls who've been on the show in the past as well. Um, and for folks who don't know, it is literally, the, the gallery is the main floor of the Meridian Hotel. It is glass, uh, huge glass windows. You can see through and see what's being displayed. It is open uh, and free uh, to the public to come in and take a look at what artist is being focused. And Mary Solberg is there for, boy, I think another month. And 
my personal favorite artist in town. Really? She, I, abs, I, there's no one, there's no one's, there's no one I know's art uh, that I like better. I love, it's, I, I love her stuff and she's got some really interesting kind of surreal animal stuff to a certain extent and Great. it strikes me as kind of like Eastern Orthodox iconography for a lot of the stuff that she does. She, you know, uh, I've heard her talk about it and that, and I think, uh, she described it something close to that. So you're right on target, and she's and I loved it. She said mixed with circus tent, circus <laughs> graphics, but they really are. I mean, I mean her her whimsical appeal. <laughs> Rat will be peeping that a little bit, maybe. Don't know. All right, we got to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to uh, continue our conversation with John Kerber. Each one of you. Hi, Gregory Rich, owner of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style right here on AM 950. Hey, I've only got a few seconds, so here's the deal. Habitation is the coolest furniture store in town. Not only have we got some of the most exceptional furniture in the cities, but in many cases, Habitation can offer you store credit on your existing furniture. Stop in, talk to one of our designers, and let us help you make your home exceptional. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. I'm Candy Braffle, publisher of the Twin Cities edition of Natural Awakenings Magazine and host of Green Tea Conversations, a new show for people who are on a journey to take responsibility for their health and play a more active role in their family's well-being. Join me every Sunday at 10 a.m. as I interview local experts who share the latest in natural holistic approaches in a fun and informative way. So grab a cup of tea and join the conversation as we awaken to natural health. Visit us at naturaltwincities.com. This is Chad, owner of AM950. I've been telling you about my friends at Snap Construction who are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior construction company in the metro. Don't just take my word for it. Take a look at all their reviews online. Winter is the most cost-effective time of the year to complete your construction project. A majority of Minnesotans choose to have their work completed on their home in the summer when they should be enjoying the weather. As a result, the demand for labor in the summer is much higher. The most cost-effective way to improve or restore your home is in the winter due to the lower demand. Right now, Snap Construction is offering an additional 30% off of labor to the AM950 listeners on your next construction project between now and the end of February. Call 612-333-SNAP and mention AM950 for an additional 30% off. As always, Snap Construction stands by their work with a lifetime craftsmanship warranty. Don't wait to get a free estimate by calling 612-333-SNAP or find them online at snapconstruction.com. Financing options available. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. You know how it is with vacuum cleaners. You buy them, you break them, then you throw them away, right? Well, not necessarily. Often, fixing your vacuum can be cheaper than replacing it. Ever heard of A1 Vacuum in Roseville? They offer free estimates. So if you wish your vacuum worked like new again, drop by. A1 Vacuum is ready to help clean up your vacuum cleaner act. Find us at a-1vacuum.com or call 651 651- 222-6316. With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Tonight, a chance of drizzle with temperatures of 38. Monday, a chance of rain again with highs near 41 and the low around 26. Tuesday, mostly cloudy with a high of 27 and the low around 8. Eat Local Minnesota is a great way to find locally owned Minnesota restaurants. Make sure the money you spend stays local. Featuring great restaurants such as Burger Moe's, The Bad Waitress, Cafe Latte, and more. Find a full list of restaurants at eatlocalminnesota.com. Tall and tan and young and lovely, the girl from Ipanema goes walking and when she passes, each one she passes goes Welcome back to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design on Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. 
Local fine artist John Gerber and I are getting loaded this afternoon uh, on the sly with our handy-dandy flasks that are filled with the Thousand Gingers, a two-ginger-based cocktail that includes ginger beer, some uh, lime, some... Uh, what am I forgetting? Real ginger. Real ginger, of And course. two gingers and... Ginger, ginger, ginger. And it's a good, good cocktail. This is very, very tasty and perfect on the go. So, John, what would you prefer to talk about? Your interesting relationships with the turnip or the Welsh? Let's talk about the Welsh. I think that's a better choice overall. Catherine Zeta-Jones, is there much more to say? It's true. I actually learned something about the Welsh just last week. I don't know if I if this is if this is ready for prime time, but so listeners may recall that for whatever reason I've chosen to be anti-Welsh. The only reason being that nobody seems to dislike the Welsh, and no people should be allowed to get away scot-free. So somebody has to be some kind of anti-Welshite. Scot-free, right? Right. There's probably some Scots there. There probably are some Scots there. The devils in in in, in skirts. Overall, that's what they called them in World War II. We could hate them next. Yeah, but I like the Scots. They don't put up with any. They And they have many enemies, being Scots. True. So we're going to stick to hating the Welsh. Those okay. darn Welsh. So I learned that Welsh people have a reputation for having, shall we say, carnal relations with sheep. Now the hatred is well-founded. <laughs> Well, the question becomes why uh, do they have this terrible reputation? And I found out why. So apparently in Wales, um, if you are caught or if you were caught stealing a sheep, the penalty, they'd cut off your hand. They would cut off your hand as a, as a, as a sheep thief totally uh, through there. Or was it that they killed you? It was either you lost your hand or they killed you. I don't recall which. But if you were found guilty of only having relations with a sheep... They cut off finger. So apparently a lot of Welsh sheep thief thieves, when they were caught, told the authorities that they were in love with that particular sheep, and that was their intention. And as such, they just lost a finger instead of the hand or their life. And in so doing, they developed this whole reputation for having a penchant for uh, sheep relations. And hence the phrase <laughs> sheer loose. That's weird. That's weird, man. You learn so much on drinking the style. Yeah. You really do. We were going to yeah. talk about art, but instead yeah. we decided to talk about that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that now the, now the sheep have rear view mirrors. <laughs> and, and they're fast. They are. <laughs> they see a Welshman coming. That sheep is going to be. No. All right. Let's talk about something a little more meaningful associated with oh, I'm it. i it was a big flask. Uh, uh, yeah, how true it is. How true it is. And we have made nice progress on this. This is the end of year. This is the end of the year. You've had a 2019 or 2018 uh, that, that's gone pretty well. What do you think? 2018, good year, bad year? Where did it land? Uh, boy, that's, asking, that's kind of a strange question because I Personally, you know, I think sometimes it can be a little different than business. I mean, business-wise, it was good. I mean, art, everything went well, and I, a lot of my strain I put on myself. So, I mean, it was it's one to look, put in the history books. That's true. In I mean, some you, ways. A, you did have a good year, and I mean, you know, the Meridian and and uh, yeah. W and and so on. Um, but the personal stuff was. <laughs> I'm ready to lighten up a little. Yeah, sometimes sometimes it's just it felt feels like it's been a grind, you know. But you know. Oh, I hear you. It's one of those I, things where people ask you, "How's it going?" You feel like asking for more details. Yeah. Uh, going good over here, and a complete nightmare over there. Yeah. Does life happen to you? Or do you do life? I don't know. Yeah. That's one. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Sometimes. For most of 2018, it did me. Yeah. Um, right. But. Uh, but uh, I guess on balance, we're all still here, and yeah. that makes it a successful year by some standard. Definitely grateful. So what do you think about 2019? Let me ask you this. All right. I asked, the, I asked this to a couple of people. What one thing would you like to accomplish in 2019? Mm, that is an on-the-spot uh, question. but mm -hmm. And it can be anything. It, it, professional, personal, depending. Uh, you know what? Personally, I'd like to I'd like to tighten things up with my boy. There's been some kind of interesting things. Greg and I have talked about it, so now it's everyone knows. But mm -hmm. uh, 
just some some curious things, but he's a wonderful kid, and it'll be nice to get things on track with him. So that's my goal. Good for you. Um, bigger, bigger, other things, not bigger things, but other things would be, uh, you know, professionally is actually probably just to kind of enjoy it a little bit, travel a little bit more, and get out of town a little bit more, and kind of soak up some things that'll kind of inform some creativity, and uh, just not um, not take it as quite as seriously for just a little while, just kind of. Uh, Good for you. Perspective. Cool off off a little. We want perspective in 2019. Yeah. I think it's good for everything that we do to have some perspective. I think that time pays off in spades. You Mm -hmm. know, it's just, I think, uh, I think it comes, I I don't think that time's ever wasted. Even financially, I think it comes back to you. Absolutely true. All things tend to follow where you are, you know, within your own skin and how centered you are and how well you're, you're running things. Actually, as an interesting side note that I don't think I mentioned to you, um, I just celebrated, my wife and I just celebrated our 25th anniversary. Congratulations. Love you very much. Thank you for putting up with me for 25 <laughs> years. She is an awesome, awesome individual. She is. She's, yes. She is. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a glad friend. to know her. Uh, we all are. She, nobody's perfect. I'm not going to say you're perfect. But, you know, uh, honestly, my wife is uh, as close as anybody's necessarily going to come. And uh, I'm very, very fortunate. So for her, our anniversary, I uh, I went, I got her a nice, she's not a big fan of jewelry in general, so it's got to be kind of mm-hmm. low-key. Otherwise, she tends to think that she's, you know, she, she associates too much jewelry with, uh, she grew up in New York City, with the Long Island you know, draped in jewels yes, that yes, were fake yes, and yes. things like that. She I like her even more now. Right? So it, it, it's funny. When you're first married and you have absolutely no money and you have a wife who doesn't like jewelry, it's great. It's yes. great because you can't buy any. So it's yes. after a few years when you've got a few bucks in your pocket and then suddenly the default gift is always a piece of jewelry. <laughs> and now I don't get that. Right, it right. totally comes back and bites you in the butt. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't want to give Homer gifts. You don't want to say, hey, it's a toaster oven. Exactly. No. <laughs> this vacuum has it's three It's the cycles. best one. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I've, I've avoided that one. But I got her a very nice piece of jewelry uh, that, you know, she was happy with. And I was happy that, uh, you know, I, I thought I, I did well and walked the line. And then she had to one-up me again. She had to one-up me. And basically for her anniversary, she authorized which, you know, and, and, and is coordinating a week-long meditation trip to Thailand for wow. me. She's sending me to Thailand to meditate because she knows that I have been desperately looking for an opportunity to do something like that and uh, a week of silence and focus and wow. psychological strengthening. Then I got her a damn bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There's still time. You're young. Oh, uh, that's time. great. Let's see how I do. Are you, you going to try and meditate yourself to like sweets again? No, no. I <laughs> <laughs> side story. I was telling John about how I used to have an addiction to sweets. I used to love chocolate when I was a little kid. I used to steal the vats of uh, of, uh, of frosting, the Duncan Hines frosting, and I would go into my closet with a spoon and I would eat the whole thing of frosting and just it was just insane and i've never left i've always loved it but you pay a terrible price especially as you get older not just the weight thing but the heartburn thing for me all that sugar is acid that gurgles in your stomach so i spent a uh about a week to two weeks meditating um and focusing on the the heartburn that was created by sweets and trying to draw that association between the two, the acid and the sugar and the sweets. And I managed to psychologically make myself hate sweets to the point that now if you even put a candy bar in front of me, if I were to take a single bite, my stomach would start gurgling. I just have no interest in it. It's a nightmare. If I could do that with alcohol. (laughs) Actually, it didn't work with alcohol. I mean, you always get the hangover, but it doesn't create the association. I heard about some some uh, pharmaceutical that they had been working on to do just that, that you voluntarily take it, and it, it can, it'll make you not like whatever you eat following, and I never heard anything else about it. I mean, really? I thought, I thought that was, that was pretty, I, I thought that was pretty clever. It's, you know, I mean, you know, there are a lot of things we can do psychologically, but, you know, Clockwork yeah. Orange, if you remember Clockwork yes, Orange. Yes, Ludwig von. Yes, yes, and that really undermined the entire effort at changing large 
behavior or behavior in large groups by negative association. Yeah. But frankly, it is a good idea. I'm not sure I'd necessarily say that. But, uh, not for alcohol. It's not a good idea. Oh, no, 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 no. Alcohol's our friend. We, uh, we are big fans. And yes. remember, booze will get you through times of no money better than money get you through times of no booze. Mm. Mm. I like that. Thank you. Thank and you. your best and worst memory ever revolves around booze. And a ton that have been long forgotten. Uh, well, <laughs> probably those through there. I also have a hope that someday science will some somehow be able to like plug something into your head and you can watch all the memories that are stored in there that you have forgotten about because I know I've had a good time and I only remember about 10% of it. It's one of the reasons to want an afterlife. Ooh, interesting. One. Like Defending Your Life. Remember, have you ever seen the movie Defending Your Life? No. Defending Your Life is a must-watch. I'm putting this on your queue. All right. Which is another, by the way, business idea I once had. Netflix, I don't understand how they don't do this. I should be allowed to put something on your queue. There should be a recommended by friends so that I can go in there. Because I know the movie. I'm enthusiastic about it. I want you to see it. It's something I would bother to actually do. I'm going to throw that movie on your queue as opposed to telling you about it, and then you're going to forget and never actually see it. Someone just got netq.com and is taking your idea right now Well, and making an app. But Good for you good, out there, good my friend. You, Thank good you. you. Yeah. I'm never going to do it, so it's it. a good idea, and, and somebody should make it happen. I agree, because people are suggesting things to everybody. That's a great idea. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. The hell with the furniture stuff. I'm going straight to this. No art. No art. We're out of art. We're going to strictly <laughs> net cues and Zumbas. We are now. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend the black and white stripes for you, Greg. <laughs> Perfect. No, it's great. But Defending Your Life, great movie. Albert Brooks. It was from the, I don't know, early 90s, maybe, late 80s. I, I can't remember overall. And the whole concept was that the important thing in life is learning to face your fears. Mm. And after you die, you go to wherever, and basically you are held. There's a trial with a prosecutor and a defender, and they show scenes from your life where you either did or did not confront your fears. And then they make a decision about whether you move forward in the reincarnation or you get sent back to Earth. That sort of actually sounds like justice. It is. It absolutely is. It's a great, great movie. That's in short supply. You're going to have to watch it. All right, we're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to con- uh, continue our conversation with John Gerber. Brett Johnson is going to join us from uh, inside the uh, producer's booth. Stick around. This is going to be fun. Hi, Gregory Rich, owner of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style Sundays at 5 p.m. right here on AM 950. Habitation is Minneapolis's coolest furniture design studio. Our in-house design staff specializes in creating spaces that reflect your style, your values, and your taste. From edgy modern to transitional, Habitation is here to help you craft your home. Know what's also exciting? Habitation offers AM 950 listeners complimentary interior design services, which include an appraisal of any furniture pieces you may want to trade in for store credit. That's right. Habitation will take your gently used furniture and issue you store credit on fresh, fantastic furniture. Check out Habitation today, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park, one mile east of Highway 100, or visit us online at habitationdesign.com. Enjoy a delicious home-cooked breakfast or lunch away from the kitchen at Milda's Cafe, now open seven days a week. Milda's Cafe has been cooking up family favorites since 1964. Grab a coffee and sit down for a delicious Philly scramble, house-made rolls, or Denver omelet. Stop in for lunch where you'll find authentic Finnish pasties every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Open weekdays 6 to 3, weekends 8 to 2. Milda's Cafe on Glenwood Avenue, four blocks east of Penn. Native Earth Radio is proud to announce we're adding an extra hour. One hour's too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. Great. More time for me to share important information about our sacred animals. And report national Native news with reporters all around the country. Saturdays from 1 to 3 p.m. We are awake. 
Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and streaming live on Facebook. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. Hello, humans. This is me, Ellie Krug, with Ellie 2.0 Radio on Monday mornings from 7 to 8 a.m. Our first show of 2019 will feature St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter, who embodies many of the best characteristics of an idealist. My big interview will be with Hadil Abu Hasera, a young Richmond, Virginia lawyer of Palestinian descent who's juggling building a legal career against a burning desire to change the world. Ellie 2.0 Radio, engaging and real on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come on and fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Welcome back to Drink in the Style on the air every Sunday night right here on AM 950 at 5 p.m. Also available on iTunes and other podcast apps at any time whatsoever. We have been listening to Frank Sinatra, the chairman of the board himself, the voice, old blue eyes, bones, when he was a kid, actually, when he was really young, because a little-known fact about Frank Sinatra was he originally was kind of the Justin Bieber of his day. Can you believe such a thing, that you could say such a thing? But he was a skinny and uh, and and not well-loved artist who didn't go and fight in World War II, yeah. stayed home with everybody's girlfriends, and was very, very, you know, was a controversial figure. But Uncle Fry works with girlfriends, too. Oh, true it is. Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> All right, John Gerber, artist, entrepreneur, and now expert mixologist, or at least successful mixologist at one point. A little shout-out, by the way, uh, that I wanted to do. Uh, we were going to, since this is the holiday season, we were going to uh, have an eggnog recipe, or an eggnog that was being made. But because uh, my refrigerator died yesterday, I was unable to prepare the ingredients. The recipe had been given to me by um, my physical therapist, Rachel Wright, at PDR in, uh, in Edina. She is... Absolutely fantastic. I, I, I really, she has done such good work. And she gave me this eggnog recipe, and it was like amazing, and it, it's kind of creating like a meringue thing with it. And unfortunately, I couldn't do it. So I wanted to shout out to Rachel and say, I'm so sorry, Rachel, that I could not make the cocktail of the eggnog. Maybe next year we'll be able to put this on. Does this seem right? Doesn't have to be winter. Fair enough. I mean, you could have just a regular January, Christmas, or- and July. Christmas in July eggnog. Yeah, let's talk about July. I want to be here for that. Oh, I'm liking that idea a lot. we got to make a note on the calendar for this. Yes. Yeah, right? All right. You don't we have the July 24th, I mean, 5th show. That drink sounds exactly. amazing, and you don't want to put it off for a year. Seriously. No, that's a really, really good point. I mean, we are yeah. the, the music makers, and we are the dreamers of the dreams. If we want to have Christmas in July with yeah. eggnog, we I, can. Okay. I have one caveat, though. We Uh-oh. need to play that uh, Spaceship Christmas album. I like <laughs> that. <laughs> yes. Okay. You dug it, right? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Is, you look ravishing. You, right? <laughs> I love the boots. <laughs> Everybody can go back and listen to our show with the art girls, Holly and Kelly, and uh, the Esquivel Merry Christmas from my Space Age Bachelor Pad was wow, the track, and it is so good. Awesome. They have you, have you heard of the, the um, Four Horsemen and the whatever, of the Apocalypse? There's a, a band. I got to get to you. Never mind. But, but uh, it's the Hornsman. <laughs> this is why I love having you Flask, on the show. Flask City. Uh, but no. Oh, and, and in Christmas in July, maybe Iced Eggnog. Would we? Would you want to ever try that? Would that be terrible? I'll talk to Rachel. Okay. Uh, she knows the nog. Uh, yeah. 
we she knows the nog, so I will get her opinion on it and and what it runs. So another yeah. thing she and I had been talking about at our last session, when I don't know if I if I made her angry or not, but she uh, she made me do all the exercises I hate doing, Ooh. ranging from squats to uh, to this leg thing to lower strengthen my lower back. Yeah, and and she made I thought a really fabulous observation, and it was relative to suffering. Specifically, she said to me, and you know, and again, I can't say enough good things about Rachel. She's awesome. She's she's young, and yet has I think already stumbled upon some great wisdom in this. And she told me that she realized that when she realized that life is suffering, that it is just an inherent part of the human condition, and you cannot get away from it. Uh, once she kind of embraced that concept, she became happier for it because she learned to appreciate it and i i i was really like wow man that is top notch i mean it's a buddhist truth life is suffering dukkha although we could talk about suffering being a mistranslation of the word dukkha but it is uh it is a a, a, a universal truth within that school of thought what do you think john gerber you're an artist is suffering necessary uh well like you said it's part of the human condition Mm-hmm. But I think it's also uh, really relative, mm-hmm. and how it connects to individuals and how it connects to happiness are completely different branches of it. So, in my opinion, it's like I think suffering is is everyone has suffering, but the avoidance of suffering, in my opinion, isn't what makes people happy. I think that I think that stretching yourself and sometimes that brings suffering. Mm-hmm. Is where happiness is found. Mm-hmm. Um, if you raise your kid to never suffer, they're spoiled and 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 uh, you know they don't they don't know the world. Uh, so I think that and so you're pro suffering is what you're basically saying. I am so pro suffering because I do it a lot. <laughs> no, it's my I, own particular <laughs> milieu. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's avoidable, but I think your I think your 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 physical therapist has a good point because I think that. That grabbing the grabbing the 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 few real joyful parts of life mm-hmm. are rich because suffering is unavoidable. Uh, I mean, it is true. I do think suffering is unavoidable, but I personally am not pro-suffering. I all right. So the concept of hedonism, right? This is going off base, but whatever. So hedonism. Americans tend to think hedonism is the same as debauchery. You know, just eat what you want, you know, mm-hmm. have sex with whomever you want, you know, all these other things. And that is not what hedonism is. Hedonism, from an ancient Greek perspective, was the maximization of pleasure and the minimization of pain or suffering. But you had to make determinations over what real suffering was. Right. So while talking about like the sugar thing, while eating an entire container of Betty Crocker milk chocolate frosting may have brought immediate pleasure, it would create ultimate suffering afterwards because, you know, again, you'd, you'd, you'd be unhealthy, you've stolen something out of the cabinet. It's a balance. Everything is an equation of happiness versus suffering mm-hmm. and trying to work that through. And I personally live to try to mitigate suffering. I hate suffering. I don't like discomfort. I like to be as comfortable as I can be at all times. If I want my kids to have character, and I do, I don't think you necessarily have to make their lives difficult or or allow suffering. You just have to uh, try to figure out how to get around it. I, I agree. But I do think that sometimes, um, you know, one person's... Uh, um, Desire for avoiding suffering might bring suffering on someone else. That's what I'm saying. Is that, that very true? That, that's why I think suffering exists and it, it'll always exist. And I think that if you're sometimes if you're a thinking and feeling person, your your search to avoid suffering can bring suffering on others. And if you're a thinking person, whether or not your guilt or or feeling badly for your search for being comfortable bringing someone else some misery is suffering for you or not, I guess that gets into some pathology. This is a very good point. Yeah, um, well, I guess you could talk sadists, masochists, you I mean, could talk in... Yeah. I mean, I spent a month in Haiti and I saw destitute poverty. Mm-hmm. I saw real, true suffering. Mm-hmm. 
And then if you think of, I don't know if I, I don't know if Einstein's theory of relativity fits into this, but I mean it's all, it's so relative. A, a, a two year old whose tricycle has been stolen is suffering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is he suffering? Is he suffering in world terms or or little Billy terms? I mean, it's suffering. He's miserable. He's ter- it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he's not hungry. He's not injured. Blah 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 blah. But it's the worst thing that's ever happened to him. A level of layers of suffering, levels of suffering. And then in Haiti, I see someone on top of a, a pile of garbage looking through things, and you wave at him, and you see this, this big, brilliant smile mm-hmm. and a wave back. And how dare me say that that kid's not suffering? So I think, I, I don't, I, I mean, it's, it's just, it's such a philosophical, deep question that I, I don't know. I, I think it exists out of, it, I think it exists out of, uh, out of um, evolution, probably, or or God's cruel joke, if you believe. I don't know. I mean, or it it, it definitely structures how we act and react to things. Well said. I no, I I could I don't disagree with anything you've just said there. It is absolutely true. Is it God's cruel joke? I don't know. I mean, and what is? How does one define suffering? What is happiness? Maybe suffering that you don't fully understand or comprehend at one point or another. You know, I mean, this is this the best of all worlds? Is it the worst of all worlds? Is it somewhere in between? Don't know. It's the strangest phenomenon. And yeah. if you think about, too, I mean, even the very nature of suffering, if you lead a joyous, blessed, and and charmed life and have nothing but happiness throughout, and then you die, is that then not a matter of suffering through the deprivation of the joy that you had previously experienced? And could you then not argue that that joy was itself then actually suffering? Oh. Our flask is empty. <laughs> <laughs> that, I know. my friends, is suffering. That is that segment might have oh, been suffering oh, for that's lots more. No, ginger that's, beer. We're done with that. Um, we would have normally done, by the way, the habitation audio log. Speaking of suffering. Um, but uh, but we actually I didn't write one. I had started talking about uh, the designer rehab future and uh, the state of the situation in, in uh, with St. Louis Park, but decided not to since that is still kind of pending and there's still nonsense uh, to be resolved. And I've already pissed off enough people. I figured I'd keep my mouth shut for a change. But uh, to do business in St. Louis Park is unquestionably suffering, and I think that we can all agree on. <laughs> See, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I, I, I couldn't do it. All right. Well, there it is. We have drunk and talked our way through yet another episode. On behalf of my guest, John Gerber, and our partners, including Gianni's Restaurant and Revel Spirits, a shout-out to Rachel Wright uh, and her eggnog recipe from PDR. Uh, I'd like to wish everybody good luck this week. Our closing quote is going to be one we've used before, but was particularly appropriate. Frank Sinatra, we feel sorry for people who don't drink, because when they get up in the morning, that's the best they're going to feel all day. Good night, everybody. Bum, bum, bum.